French fried potatoes. One more. potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, 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 potatoes more. Five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes more. One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes more. Five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes more. Potatoes. Welcome to the Potato League Podcast with your hosts, Dan and Tom. Thanks, DJ. Thanks, DJ. Welcome to episode 312, 310, and 311 have been uploaded. Nice. Uh, I even started doing something super fancy with the thumbnails, which is putting the episode number on it, Ooh. on the thumbnail. Um, it's not hard to do. It's like an extra two clicks, but I have just not been doing those extra two clicks for however long. Uh, 312 episodes in, this is a first-rate operation. Significant shift in the quality. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a first-rate operation. Uh, you didn't watch much this week. That is really that's the that is the the biggest thing. It's because we had two games. Yep. Um, and those were both away games. So it was yep. like getting back at like seven thirty, eight o'clock at that point. You're just like, Fuck, I'm so For the good. listeners, Dan is uh, the the assistant, assistant so, coach. Assistant. I'm technically the bench coach. The bench coach of the uh, middle school baseball team. So um, you had two games this week. Yeah, we had to go to Greenville. You did not go to the Northman. No, I did not get a chance to go to the Northman. I was so fucking pissed I didn't have time to go to that. And then it's, they're only playing like Doctor Strange this week, which is weird. But there's not anything showing in the second theater. Huh. I'm, I, I, part of me wants to just go and be like, if I request the Northman, will you show it? <laughs> Do you still have it? Yeah. It's laying around, you must have it somewhere. That must be how So that yeah, works, my, right? my viewing, and then one night was a podcast night with a video monster. So yeah, it's, I did not have a lot of like free night time. To watch a lot of stuff. What I did watch was fun. We recorded last on the 15th? Yeah, so I talked about the sadness. Jesus, yeah. yeah I don't, I have only watched two. Nope. Because I watched two movies last night. Oh, that you had? But yeah, I, wow, I only watched two movies during the week. Oh, see, our levels are much better now. That's insane that I only watched. I can't remember the last time I only watched two movies during the week. Um, That's nuts. But yeah. Yeah, this week this week might be very similar, too. I'm not sure. <laughs> Baseball takes a lot out of you. It is. It's a. Yeah. It's a. It is a. Any man. Any after school coaching thing is a. Is whatever time you think it's going to be, just double it. Yep. You know, it's a big time. Oh, commitment. I've already. I've already been asked if I can help out with the uh, soccer clinic in July. Oh. It's only one week, and it's like from like eleven to one. But I'm just like, hmm. I see. There's a fee charged for this. Like. <laughs> Somebody's getting paid. That's sure as fuck ain't me. Yeah, that's frustrating. Because it's like, you know, I'm going to be the one that's going to be doing most of the work that the kids are going to be talking to. Right. Yeah, that's that's frustrating. Uh, So long story short, Dan only watched a couple things. What did you not? So you're not a credits uh, logger. As the credits are rolling, you're logging. I usually am. I usually am. But uh, last night, I... Literally finished watching uh, *Romancing the Stone* at like eleven oh five, and I'm pretty sure I was unconscious by eleven ten. Nice. I was I was fighting it to finish that movie. Had to find out how it ended. Yeah, with those snappers. <laughs> how about them snappers? <laughs> well, would you look at them snappers? Um, and what was the other one you watched yesterday? Um, or the two that you had in long? Oh Christ! *Come True* was the other one. It was like last Sunday night. The uh. Fangoria held the Chainsaw Awards live on Shutter, which is basically, you know, 
the Academy Awards for right. horror movies. And Come True was one of those that received a lot of nominations. So we're like, oh, fuck it, let's watch it. There's a lot of the other ones we had already seen this year. And but uh, judging by your score, it's fine. It's fine with a shit ending. Like, it's one of those endings where you're like, oh, God, why? Why did you do that? It's an interesting premise. The premise of the film is this young girl, she's 18, still in high school, has some home life issues. You don't ever really find out what they are. But she has trouble sleeping, and she she's basically homeless. She, like, because she doesn't go home very often. So she crashes with a friend and sleeps in the park and shit like that. And she sees a flyer for a sleep study at the local university where they'll pay you like $12 an hour to sleep. So she's like, well, fuck. So problem solved. I'm good at sleeping. I can sleep, you know, in a bed under a roof and I'll get paid for it. Right. And you, it turns out the sleep study, they're interested. They have found a way to transmit the data of like your brain waves into an actual image so they can see what you're dreaming of. And they're learning that everybody in this sleep study is all dreaming of like the same like shadowy man with glowing eyes. Okay. So you're like, and then some weird shit happens and then you're like, Oh, well this is kind of neat and what's going on. And it gets weird. And it turns out at the end, she gets like, you're like, what is fucking, what's really happening? Is this reality? Who the fuck knows? And then the ending scene is the girl's cell phone starts to beep with a, she's getting an image and she sets her phone down, walks away and zooms in the image is like, you've been in a coma for 20 years. We're trying something new. So we don't know how this message will reach you. So she's the whole movie. She's in a coma and the text message is just everything that's happened in the movie is just a product of her coma. Thanks. Okay. Fuck right off with that. <laughs> Okay. We didn't know how to do this, so and we don't want to say it was all a dream. But it was all a dream. But it was all a dream. Yeah. All right, good stuff. So yeah, it's one of those where the ending is so fucking... It, it doesn't ruin the movie, but you're never watching it again. Yeah. Type of thing. <clears throat> Which is cool, because some of the, the dream imagery is awesome. They do some good effects work. The score's very, like, mid-80s synthy. I think this is an example of where... Uh, if the twist had not been a twist, if it had just been the plot of the movie, it would have been more interesting. Oh, yeah. If they just ended the movie and left me going, I'm not really sure what happened. i got to think about this some more. No, I mean, I mean, even if you, if the twist, even if the, if you were going to use the, the coma thing, but that's just the story. Yeah. Like, and you know that going in, that it's not like. Yeah. That it's, the story is. This yeah, if you had known the re- there were researchers that were trying to, were re- trying to, trying to pull her out of a coma by yeah. new ways of communication. Right. And maybe that's why everybody in this dream is dreaming of the man with the glowing eyes. Maybe. So, like, the fact that it's a twist ending ruins is it. what ruins it. If yeah. it had just been that all along, 100%. it probably would have been fine. Would have been fine. Or, like you said, not that at all. Yeah. You know, they, picked, they picked the worst of the three options. Oh, they, they so did. And that happens a lot with, like, independent horror. I yeah. don't know. That's like, like when something like fucking hereditary comes hey, out. It happens a lot with Stephen King. That's true. Yeah. Like, you can tell when someone just does not have confidence in how they're ending something, so... Well, because, you know, you get this great premise in your head. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't know how to end it. Yeah. And someone someone comes up with an idea, and you're like, sure, we'll go with that. But you don't want to waste the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's too bad, or not. Yeah. I mean, it was worth watching, but again, not one I'll probably ever rewatch. Yeah. 
And I'm always fascinated with the dream shit, so. Yeah. It, it, it really disappoints me when a movie like that, which could explore some really cool shit, doesn't. Speaking of rewatches, uh, I didn't wait for Robin. I rewatched Batman, the Batman. This I week. saw that. Um, I don't, I try to, I don't try to avoid it, I guess. It throws your numbers off if you watch the same movie twice in the same year. Mm-hmm. It, like Hamilton fucked my, because <laughs> it, it makes, it makes it hard to wrap your head around how like when you're trying to look at your letterbox yeah. numbers. If you don't care about your letterbox numbers, then. But, but if, I can't, if, if you don't care about your letterbox numbers, why are you even using right. letterboxed? And like, on the other hand, I also, I would feel dishonest if I watched something and didn't log it. Oh, I so would, yeah. Like, sometimes I'll leave a movie that the kids are watching just so I don't have to log it. God, yeah, my numbers tanked last week. I only watched three films for the week. Right. Well, four I once I write, once I put in. No, because Come no. True was this week. Yes, it was. Uh, you watched, as far as, like, since we last recorded, yep. I'll put it that way. You watched The End of the Tour, Come True, and then Romancing the Stone. And Disaster Artist. You had watched Disaster Artist when we recorded. Oh, you're right. I had. You had watched it the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, Damn. Yeah, slow week for you. It is. Uh, I actually went to the movie. I'm only down to 8.6 a week now. <laughs> um, I watched... Uh, I had four first watches this week. Actually, it's a nice split. I watched uh, six total. I watched the Batman. I'll talk about that briefly. Um... I think on a third watch, it might go up to a five, because that three hours went by really fast, Mm -hmm. and I caught way more of it. I think I can see better on my TV. I feel like at the theater, it was, I I don't know if it was a, I don't know, it felt so dark. I feel like I missed it. Well, it was definitely dark. I saw it in Dover. Yeah. And their, their theater projection is not the best. Yeah. So everything looks dark there. You're going to really like it on a rewatch. A much prettier mm-hmm. film than probably... It's weird to say that, that we... You know, and I saw it at Bangor, which is, I mean, it's the best thing around here. Uh, and it was just really dark. And the nor- and that was my complaint about The Northman, too. So I'll be curious to watch that also when that comes out on digital. I'll, that'll be another one that I'll watch twice in the same year. Mm-hmm. Fucking A. <laughs> numbers up even more. But The Batman is really good. Because, again, just to reiterate what we had said before... He's Batman. It's it's mostly Batman. He's he's Batman most of the time, mm-hmm. and it's the detective. Now, I, I will, you know, I get still the 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 seven vibes are still. Oh yeah, all over the super place. Super heavy, and uh, <laughs> so I, if you want to knock it for that, that's fine. But why would you? Why would you? Seven's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been much, much worse films that he had picked to yeah. base that off of. Uh, no, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it the second time. It's, 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 I'm glad that a movie that long uh, was still as enjoyable. You know, uh, when would it have come out? March? So maybe three months ago I would have seen it. Yeah. Last. Um, yeah. Uh, my other rewatch for the week was Romancing the Stone, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. You also watched it. Uh, did that just happen because we saw it on sale? Is that why we watched that this movie this week? Probably. Okay. Ooh, I bought a couple other things this week that you might be interested in oh. on Voodoo. Voodoo has a a couple halfway decent sales. They're doing a um, usually a lot of times they there's always on the site uh, 
two movies for fourteen ninety nine bundles, mm-hmm. and they're usually like, like a Tom Cruise two pack and stuff yeah. like that. Um, right now, they're doing a bundle bundles thing where you pick two bundles for fourteen ninety nine. So it's basically like three seventy five a movie. So that's a good deal. Uh, a lot of them I already had, or a lot of the ones that I would want I already had. But I did buy the Tom Cruise two pack because it was Minority Report and War of the Worlds. I don't have either one of those. And those are both Spielbergs. And I have both of those on DVD, so I wouldn't mind upgrading those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So uh, I bought those, and then there was also a uh, Takashi Miike. Oh, nice. Uh, 13 Assassins and the other one. Um, Lady of the Immortal, 13 Assassins, and then War of the Worlds oh. Minority Report. I finally bought the, uh, a taxi driver, even though I paid... Normal price for it's only six ninety nine. Um, I bought spring, summer, fall, winter, and spring. <laughs> That's the same director that did mm-hmm. uh, that made Three Iron, the one that I watched a couple weeks ago. I don't yeah. even know if I talked about it. No. And uh, Avatar. Yeah, our Avatar is five bucks. I'm gonna. Uh, why the Why the fuck not? <laughs> I feel I overpaid, Dan. <laughs> um, no, I I bought it because uh, we saw the. Is it the di- extended edition? No, it is not. <laughs> I don't need much. it. I don't need more minutes of it. No. Uh, I bought it because Colin and I went to Doctor Strange on Friday, and this trailer played. Uh, the, the new Avatar trailer played in front of it. Yeah, he told me he was very excited to watch Doctor Strange when yes. I saw him on set Friday. So we, uh, Robin and I figured, you know, he it doesn't come out till Christmas. I thought it was this summer, but it doesn't even come out till Christmas. But uh, that's we when that's when Cameron puts his movies out, though. Now, yeah. He's he's mastered. He's figured out a whole lot of people don't go to the fucking. A lot of movies don't come out in January. Yeah. Do you put something out in December? Oh, and people will keep keep, keep keep going to it because that's what Titanic did, and that's what he did with Avatar. It's like it just keeps going because nothing new is coming out. So we figured the kids would like it, uh, or at least Colin will like it because he he thought the trailer was cool in front of that. Uh, Yeah, strange. So I'll watch it again. Uh, Romancing the Stone. I think we talked about last week was five bucks. It still is. Untouchables is five bucks. Uh, raising Arizona's five bucks, and we'd already talked about that because I check and see if I even own Blade of the Immortal. I don't think I do. Uh, but there's nope. a bunch of there's a bunch of pretty decent bundles in that in the group to pick from. Yeah, I don't uh, e- I just, own either I Blade of the Immortal of or Thirteen Assassins, so that might be a good one to go with. I'm just gonna copy your homework, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. That's what that's what I do. Uh, I also have started. It's a pain in the ass though because it you kind of lose it a lot and it'll sign you out and you got to sign back in. Um, trying to use VPN to watch Korean Netflix. Not everything has English sub- subtitles, but a lot of them do. So uh, that's what I was actually doing when you got here today. I was still fucking with it. Connor's going to be trying that stuff out because he ships out today. Oh, yeah. He left earlier this morning to go to you know, Poland for the year. Yeah. And um, he's all like, none of my, well, none of your subscriptions work, Dad, over there because he uses all of mine. <laughs> yeah, of course. So he's like, I, he's like, I, I'm not going to have fucking Netflix. I'm not going to have Disney Plus. I'm not going to have anything. So we talked about a VPN. So he's going to, I figure someone on that army base We'll know how to fucking crack this shit. Oh, yeah. Um, the one I use is the one that the Flick Connection guy uh, is a sponsor of the Flick Connection guy, oh, yeah. Ghost VPN. Uh, the Ian Talk guy, he uh, is sponsored by, shoot, is it NordVPN? 
Oh, I can't ever remember any. I don't know. There are several to choose from. It does work. Like, I was, I started watching uh, one of the movies I talked about last week when I was uh, uh, mulling over what I was going to spend my digital rewards money on on Amazon. One of the movies I mentioned that uh, is only available on Amazon, but it's $14.99, was this movie called Exit. It's like a action comedy from a couple of years ago. Because um, I've started watching some Korean blockbusters, Dan. This blockbusters, week, This huh? week I've watched two of the top five uh, highest grossing all time. Interesting. It is interesting because they're... Because most of the stuff we've been watching is like gritty crime stuff. Yeah. So I did change up a little of the June in the Park 22 list because they were all gritty crime things. Well, which <laughs> I know we love. But, but yeah, it's nice to get some other stuff. They start to get very samey. It's funny because Biden's been over in, in South Korea this week. Yes. And that part of me was like, hopefully he's uh, working on a way to get their films over here quicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure he's got pressing matters. But that's number one on my list. Hey, while, while you're over there joking, you'll find a way to get us those movies when Faster. they come out, like day and date. That'd be nice. Well. You'll get my vote this com- next election <laughs> if you can do that. If I'm being honest, I hope he does not run. He's gonna, though. He's fucking going to. I don't want to... Isn't he like 84 right now? He's 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 too fucking old. Come on, That man. is for sure. Retire. Yeah. Old people need... the. That's the biggest problem in this country is fucking... Old people just need to get out of the way and let... It's because we're well, not pushing. Specifically, yeah, exactly. They have they have the perfect generation for them behind them. Yeah. Because, you know, Gen we're X... We're not pushy. Gen X kids were like, fucking whatever, man. Yeah. And, and we still are. And we still are, even though the world's fucking burning and we're like... Looking at Gen Y, going, can you guys take care of this? Well, every every article you read is talk, talks about millennia, millennials and Gen Z. It's like, uh, ah, fuck it, I don't care. Keep yeah. going, keep, yeah. pass no, us I'm, over. I'm fine not being included, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But, okay, so there's a little bit of hope. This is a movie called Midnight. It is in theaters currently, and I can buy it for nine ninety nine right oh, now. Oh, shit. So, oh, oh, yeah, it's, hey, it's that serial killer one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um... So I was actually gonna. I was thinking I would buy it, but if it's nine ninety nine now, I always think if it goes on sale, it'll be less than nine ninety nine. Uh, but anyway, but that would be cool for you know uh, June of the Park to have one that's an actual recent release. Yeah. Ooh, maybe we, I I could buy it and we could just we could watch it here. It could be a film festival, a one movie film festival. <laughs> the one we could put a sign outside and say Corinne. Would be accurate Korean cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, current. I have a projector now. Current. Uh, oh, I do too. We we tried it once, got frustrated with it, and have not touched it since. Mine looks pretty easy. Yeah. Um, it's. Um, it's got like the sound system and the projector in the same thing. It, it looks like a fucking karaoke machine. Oh sure. With a projector, which I recommended. Um, that next dance we hold, we make it fucking karaoke. Because some oh, yeah. of those kids want to fucking sing, and oh, I think yeah. that would be fantastic. Yeah. Because um, they were actually really fun when it came to, you know, actually wanting to do shit. They can be fun when they're not being turds. Yeah. Um, oh, the projector. We had a hard time getting the... We could get the projector up, and we could get the, you know, the... We had a hard time connecting the laptop to it, or connecting something to it that would allow it to project because your phone was the laptop that wouldn't do it or the phone something as soon as you plugged it in the the laptop blanks out because you're not allowed to project Mm -hmm. it from certain things uh 
yeah, the internet really screws up everything. And if you tried it, I think it would work with the phone, but we couldn't get it to stay working. It was a pain in the ass. Uh, so should we stick with the Korean thing? And I could talk about the two Korean movies I watched and the changes or to the June 22. Sure. So during the part 22, the list changes I made, uh, one of them I had kind of forgotten, um, but it just became available yeah, again. Because my War of the Worlds is actually going to be turning into almost like an essay. <laughs> huh? My War of the Worlds, I'm not War of the Worlds, my um, fucking Romancing the Stone is oh. gonna, like, if I was a film student, this would be like my fucking, I'm like, this could be a thesis project. <laughs> Part of me like, I kind of want to write about it now. Because the more I looked into it, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> There's some things well, that happened with this film. That, well, now I'm curious. Uh, and I, I'm not even deep diving into any like nitty gritty shit. I'm like, I gotta find like some fucking oral history shit on this film. I Wonder, added "Barking it, Dogs Never Bite" because it wasn't on there before. Yeah. And I also added "Sea Fog," which is a movie that Bong wrote but did not direct. I did not know he he wrote a film. He did. Cool. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, it's on Tubi right now, so that's why uh, I added it. It's it's off on and off stuff all the time. I've just never gotten around to it. Um, the guy that directed it has only done one other thing. No, he no, he has not. He is that is this this is the only movie he's ever directed. Um, I guess it's fine. It's hard to tell with a lot of the Korean ones because the view numbers are so low that mm -hmm. it's hard to kind of gauge whether or not the you can take the ratings for, uh, with a grain of salt or or what. Uh, so the two movies I watched this week. Uh, another one that I talked about buying was The Admiral. Mm -hmm. We talked about that last week. Um, I did buy it, but I bought the Blu-ray instead. Um, and that is, The Admiral is the highest grossing movie in Korean cinema history. Oh, well, there. Uh, which is actually pretty impressive because it came out in 2014. And usually those records get broken pretty... Yeah. I mean, I know obviously 2020 fucked everything up. But yeah. I mean, I mean it, well... Parasite is the best movie to come out of Korea, but it's just like a prestige movie here. Like mm -hmm. It's still, I think it's yeah. in the top 30, I think, when I looked up the list. Uh, I actually, I guess yeah, well, I it's like, you know, U.S. films are the same way. With right. the, the, Oscar, the Oscar nominees are rarely ever the top grossing films of the year. Right. Uh, never. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're Avatar, which somehow gets fucking nominated. Yeah, so uh, The Admiral is number one. Uh, Extreme Job is number two. That's one that I talked about mm -hmm. last week that I hadn't bought yet. Uh, Veteran, which actually I should put that back onto the list. Because I took it off. But I might put it back on. Veteran is right up there. The Thieves is right up there. That's on your list. Mm -hmm. Assassination is right up there. Uh, Taxi Driver is 12. Train to Busan is 14. Mm -hmm. The Attorney, which you've seen. So you don't even get to your first bong until 18, and it's actually the host. Hmm. And then it's Parasite right after that. Uh, and then this movie Exit that I was trying to watch on Korean Netflix this morning. Snowpiercer. Uh, so anyway, I've been watching. So I watched um, The Admiral and Midnight Runners. I don't know if I mentioned it on there. It was somewhere in the teens or 20s. Um, the Admiral is a historical I've talked before. There's a lot of stuff about uh, the, the Japanese. Yeah. Like, because Japanese have been trying to fucking invade Korea for <laughs> 500 fucking years or mm -hmm. longer. Um, and this is 1597. It is very much the 300 story. 
Except it actually happened. I've been watching YouTube videos about, you know, Korean history and yeah. stuff, and it's it fucking happened. Huh. It was, he took on 330 Japanese ships with a dozen. Wow. And sunk 120 of them, and the, the rest fleed. Because he had them stuck in this channel where mm-hmm. the tide, when it changes, it creates whirlpools, and, like, he was he would sit in a spot where he wasn't moving, so he was... yeah. He could be super accurate with his cannons while they're fucking spinning around. It was awesome. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. it. It's very much a blockbuster. It was actually... Uh, um, so, the the budgets are nothing like Hollywood budgets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, clearly. But I was very impressed with how it looked because ocean is expensive. Doing stuff at sea is expensive. Uh, I don't know how much of it was CG. I don't know how much of it was location. So that tells me it was pretty good. Um, but the Admiral's played by Choi Bin-Sik, who is uh, probably the second hmm. most famous Korean actor. After trying to find, like, is this even listing it on fucking what? Just Play? The Admiral? I see I see the sequel, Roaring Currents. Oh, wait, that is the Roaring one. Roaring Currents this is, is the one. one. Okay. The sequel is just Hassan or something like that. Yeah. They're going, uh, the trilogy goes backwards in his life. Uh, they actually mention the battle that the <laughs> next movie is about in oh. the, because uh, one of the things, one of the Japanese uh, generals was afraid of him. And that was kind of, he was using his fear against him and whatnot. Uh and he was afraid of him because he kicked his ass. It's another thing which you're going to see in the second movie mm-hmm. when he's like in his 40s. Because he's like, however old Choi Min Seek is now, 655, <laughs> 60, I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the guy from Old Boy. and uh, he's My favorite of him is uh, New World, which you'll be watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's available all over the place too. Uh, but it was pretty good. The other one that I watched was Midnight Runners, which is basically... Uh, as far as just a level of comedy versus cop stuff, it's buddy cop on the level of, like, rush mm-hmm. hour. As yeah. far as tone and seriousness, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, nothing's going to get too heavy. Everything's going to be fine in the end. <laughs> Very unlike what we're used to watching yeah. for Korean stuff. Uh, yeah, they're not afraid of a downer ending. No, but, like, at the end, like, everyone's fine. And, <laughs> the, you know, the kid, the... Because the, the, it's about these two... Uh, police university students because they do a they do like a basic training thing and then they go to like university for two years they train their cops over there oddly enough weird for like two years before weird. they before they let them be cops before they give them a gun yeah wow and, and you know what even then they don't give them a fucking gun they give them a stun gun i know we had it's it's really weird we, we had two cops around the dance yeah and like both of them were armed mm-hmm. and i'm just like it's a middle it's a middle school dance buddy come on have to draw down on here yeah I mean, what's the best outcome? Leave it in the fucking car. Yeah. It's a dance. No one here is gonna fucking pull a gun. Right. You don't need this, so it's just weird for you to have it. <laughs> um, the fact that we give all cops guns just fucking bothers me. And you can just walk in and be a cop, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'd like to be a cop now. Okay. Were you picked on in high school? My kid has more like police training than most cops in this state, and he's never been a cop. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, they're police university students, 
and they see uh, a woman get kidnapped uh, by what turns out to be a gang of human traffickers. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, even though it is uh, not... Um, even the lighter side Korean stuff is still kind of dark, because they were, <laughs> they were first egg harvesting human traffickers. So they would harvest <laughs> these girls' eggs yep. for like however long, and then uh, sell them off. So it was... It was pretty dark stuff, but like I said, everything was fine in the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was pretty good. It was enjoyable. Um, it was um, what I would consider their PG thirteen will still because some of the things that they will they'll show more blood in a kind of a PG thirteen level movie, and they'll say the f word more times in a yeah. PG thirteen level ish movie. But it was still that tone and that it wasn't nothing. Nothing bad was going to happen. Really, um, yeah. it was pretty good. Uh, oh, the, I, I I didn't do the thing. They were you know, they see this girl get that get kidnapped, and uh, something else is going on across town with the mayor or something. So mm-hmm. all the major crimes, actual police are mm-hmm. busy. So they take it upon themselves to do this. They go check out a bunch of gear against yeah. orders and all that type of shit. Of course, there's the there's the hard captain uh, in all of those types of movies, whether it's Lethal Weapon or Rush Hour or mm-hmm. this, where there's the Hard ass captain, but it's actually their mm-hmm. professor, you know, with a heart of gold. You know, that, <laughs> that whole thing. Um, you guys are going to get expelled, and then they don't. Uh, but it was, it was pretty good. But it was just, it's uh, weird to go from the sorts of things that I have been watching because I have yeah. tried to branch out. I've watched more like just straight drama type stuff lately, too. Um, along with your chasers, and yeah, you got it. You gotta, you gotta keep it real. <laughs> uh, but I am, I'm really looking forward to, because uh, all of it's gonna be whatever you're picking, uh, like when. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna be mostly just going from what you list. Right, but Honestly, I mean, yeah. as far as like what you decide to watch oh, yeah. in what order and whatever. What are you gonna start with? Oh, I don't fucking you know. Thought about it? I haven't even. And also, uh, it's still a week and a half away from June, man. You don't have to uh, just stick to my part. Go to go to the list of all the ones I've watched yeah. and just. Through. Well, the weird part is I'm going to have to like cram them into the first three weeks as much as possible because the Chattanooga Film Fest right. starts like the end of June. Uh, they've released the list, the first half of the list of some of the stuff they're doing. Yep. So, and from a, I had an interview with him last week, the guy who runs it, and there's more stuff to come that he says is going to be really fucking cool. So, he said something like there's going to be like 80 films total. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to... How many did you watch last year? Fifteen. Yeah. So I think he's kind of one of the short films in the eighties, but still, yeah. there were at least twenty-five features, yeah. and it seems like there'll be more. And yeah, he one of the ones is um. There's this French art dude like recut the Langoliers. Yes, we talked yeah. about that last week. So that one, he says it's because the guy that he's like I don't even know if this will ever get a physical release. So it makes awesome to watch that. Yeah. Because, you know, anything that can make the Langoliers tolerable. And also, it's an hour long. It's like 70 minutes. That's that's an improvement all by itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, th- I'm going to have like three weeks to cram in a lot of fucking Korean films. Which doesn't sound terrible, but... <laughs> no, it's just, uh, we might, I'll... You're going to want to, uh, especially if we're cramming, you'll want to separate some things so that yeah. you're not like... If you, there's a couple of these. If you watch them back to back, you're gonna be like, "That happened in this one or this one." 
Which is the one with the crime lords again. <laughs> yeah. Which one is the ones with the North Korean spy in it? Uh, I watched like three of those in a row at one point. And I Jesus. can tell you one thing about, <laughs> you know, one thing from the other. Yeah. Uh, and I hate that. When I think of something like, wait, that's not from that movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I added a couple more uh, that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, I know I'll definitely be doing a Parasite rewatch. Mm. Probably both Parasite and Memories of Murder. Because mm-hmm. I've both of those have come out on Criterion since last year. Yeah, they're right over there. Yeah, so. And I haven't watched either of them on the Criterion. Yep, there they are. Uh, so I will like, those two will be likely in there. And again, Barking Dogs, never, don't bite or never bite. I can never, never. remember stuff. Because I still haven't seen it. That might be fun to watch before Parasite. Yeah. I know last year I wanted to rewatch the Vengeance trilogy. So maybe that too. Or at least a different one. One I'll pick at least one of those. Maybe not Old Boy, because that's the one I've seen the most. I don't probably want to watch Mr. Vengeance again. <laughs> that was like a I mean, they all are, but that was a real downer. Like yeah. everyone loses. <laughs> like everyone. Even the little kid. Mm-hmm. Or mostly the movie's yeah, Parka, he doesn't have happy endings for most of his shit. It's funny, my favorite part movies are not the Vengeance ones. Yeah. The Handmaiden and Thirst and JSA. Handmaiden's so fucking good. Are, yeah. I like all three of those mm-hmm. more than I like any of the Vengeance trilogy. Uh, JSA is on Korean Netflix. Mm-hmm. JSA is on Tubi. Yep. JSA wow. is never... Uh, wow. I never see that streaming in the US. <laughs> it is. But luckily I own it on Apple. Well, I think Arrow, where they released it, yeah. probably had like a year... Like, were they, were they, because they had it on their platform for like a year. Yeah. So I'm sure it was, you know, just con- contractually couldn't go anywhere else because Arrow released it. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of, I have a lot, of, I have like three revenge movies on here. <laughs> uh, only one real crime bossy one. New World is the only kind of gangster one. There's two, three spy, four spy ones. <laughs> there's four spy ones. There's the heist one that is like uh, half Ocean's Eleven and half Heat. Uh, that's also one of the top grossing. That's, that was like in the top 20. Nice. Um, the Swordsman is just, that's always available. Uh, that movie's just gorgeous. That's, uh, I should put more historical stuff in. Do you like the, the old sword stuff? I do. I do. Stuff? And they're a good change of pace. Yeah, it's that that way you can definitely squeeze those in between the spy ones and, and be able to yes uh, differentiate. Although the two, the assassination uh, is a very different spy movie than the other ones. Uh, the other ones are kind of similar. Uh, I think the villainous you'll really like. I own that. You do? I do. Oh yes, you bought it. Yeah, yeah. The villainous is really good. That was like a Dollar Tree one. Uh, Man from Nowhere is awesome. Uh, Deliver Us from Evil, I added because I think, yeah, Deliver Us from Evil is on uh, Vudu now. And that has uh, the Squid Games guy and the guy that I really like from New World. Actually, they're both in that. <laughs> but anyway, that's true in the part 22. Uh, we talked briefly about trailers, sort of segueing. We did watch the Witch Part 2 trailer. Which looks so good. Uh, Even though it's just snippets, it looks cool. Looks cool. Yep. Uh, the Outlaws 2, one of your favorites from last yes. year, is June in the Park, uh, is actually out. The uh, the YouTube guy that we follow uh, got to go to an advanced screening and reviewed it. If you can't, it, it's if you want to go to the channel, it's Ian Talk. It's great. He puts all the trailers up uh, and he reviews everything. 
but the guy doesn't hate anything. No. So it's like hard to really tell because he loves every yep. everything he everything he reviews. Loves is it all. He loves it. Which, uh, but yeah, it's nice to get that positivity, but it's not helpful when you're deciding what to watch. Right. But he also is very clear, especially in his, especially in his, these are the, you know best Korean comedies or whatever. He says over and over again, "These are my very biased opinions. This is my list." You know, so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, at least he's upfront about it, but again, it's I'm sure it's fine. It is a different director. Than the uh, first that was, but I guess the guy that did direct it worked on the first one, mm-hmm. and the guy that directed the first one was still involved. He just yep. didn't direct it, um, so hopefully that's okay. Uh, the trailer leaked for MI7. You watched it? Yeah, I watched like a French version of it because it's yep. getting pulled left and right. Yeah. Usually, it's, one those, it's one of those, like, if you, you see it, it will probably be pulled by the time it finishes. And usually that means we're going to get the official one, like, tomorrow. Yeah. Because who did that? It was, uh, uh, was it Spider-Man? Maybe. That the, the yeah. leak trailer got out, and they, Marvel dropped it, like, an hour later. And like, fuck you, we're getting those views. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you don't need, yeah. We're giving you the fucking 4K like, trailer like version of it. Yeah. We were gonna we were gonna release this on Thursday or whatever, yeah. but that's the way to do it, I think. Yeah, and but I mean, I don't even need really need to see the trailer. I'm gonna see it. Yeah. The Mission Impossible's yeah. have all been fucking worthwhile, even two. Well, I realized what the heck was it? I realized uh, the day of that I hadn't seen anything but the original. Like thirty second thing for Doctor Strange, I had never, I never watched a full trailer. I think I've watched the full trailer once. And you and I just last week watched the Thor one for the first time. Mm-hmm. We just hadn't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you know you're gonna go, I'm kind of at the point where I don't even need to see the trailer. Nope. I'm gonna see it anyway. Um, I didn't even know this movie was happening, but uh, we can talk about Prey for a minute. I yeah. actually have medium high hopes for this. Yeah, it's um, what's his name? Like Dan Track. Yeah, who directed uh, 14 Cloverfield Lane, which is one of my favorite films of that year. This I is seen it. this is it, it's Predator in Native American. I want to say Native American times. All times are Native American times. Yeah. Uh, this is just like pre, you know, pre white men coming over and ruining shit. Pre Europe. Yeah. Pre European invasion. And, and the predators show up. And I mean, it's only like thirty seconds. You essentially just see like a, a Native a, warrior like running. Like a woman running through the fucking woods and then like falling down in a field and a a warrior with like a bow and arrow like just waiting and then you hear like you see like the red you know laser dots on the guy's face and you hear the predator sound yeah and that's pretty much it um, I like the idea of that just because it's not something we've seen right um, I don't know how they fuck up predator movies because they're it's Boy, they're, they're good at it though. they're good at it though I mean Shane Black fucked one up I just fucked it up badly <laughs> fucked it up. Badly, God, that film I mean, was awful. Well, to the point that I didn't even fucking watch it. Oh, I regret it. Because, didn't you say it was boring? Yeah. Like. Yeah, it was dull. How? I don't know. What are you doing? Because even like Predator 2, which was a weak sequel, was that still is. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was the Nimrod Patel, or whatever the fuck his name is, who directed Predators, the one with Adrian Brody. Yeah. That was fine. I think I saw that either. Um, I might have. So yeah, you can at least. I mean, it's always been a B level film. It's yeah, just, the first one's fucking mythical, though. right? Right. Um, so you don't have to do much to make a Predator film interesting or fun to watch. 
but somehow people fuck it up. But I've got hopes for this one. Yeah. I've got hopes. If that 30 seconds tells us anything, yeah. gonna, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, we actually didn't get around to watching the trailer, but we've both seen it. Um, it's a Netflix original, uh, Spiderhead. Yeah. Hadn't even heard of it yeah, until, I, until, until I saw the trailer. the trailer pop up, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So it's Chris Hemsworth. He It's interesting because he's playing a, a bad guy, mm-hmm. uh, or at least evil guy. Mm-hmm. Same thing, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, not a supervillain, just, just the, the antagonist of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, because he's doing an American accent, which he's fine at, and it's it's just funny that most people, you do the British accent mm-hmm. to get the evil person, <laughs> whereas when you hear Chris Hemsworth, you're used to whatever, I guess the Thor accent is kind of British. Yeah. Whatever that accent is, you've got so tied, you've got such a positive mm-hmm. image is not the right yeah. word because it's uh, your auditory response to mm-hmm. that, to him doing that accent, that he couldn't possibly do that and be evil. But when he is using an American accent, it's off-putting. Well, I mean, isn't it? Yeah, to hear Thor talk that way. Yep. I mean, if you're gonna, you know, do a story about like a prison industrial complex. Yeah, might as well be American. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, well, it, it totally works. It's it's very much like it's Bond villain almost because like it the story is. is it's like he own he runs an island prison and experiments on the people with technology. Right. Uh, Miles Teller is one of the the prisoners, so I'm I'm cool with seeing him get seeing him get tortured. Yeah. Um, else? Well, well, some of the other prisoners. Uh, Journey Smollett is one of the other ones. Um, but yeah, the, the trailer doesn't give a lot away. Just there, there's some weird shit happening on this island prison. Right. And then I'm guessing some, there will, something will go wrong. Uh, but he's he's very charming as a villain. I'm not seeing any other names. I'm seeing some faces that yeah. are sort of familiar. But. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know this film was coming out. Had no idea. Didn't know what it was. Had never heard of it. But it at least looks interesting. I'll give it a watch. So I wonder. I mean, he must. I wonder if he has. <laughs> I love the early review, <laughs> the reviews on uh, uh, Letterbox for movies that haven't even come out yet. The top. The top review on uh, Letterbox right now for Spiderhead is this is going to be dog shit, <laughs> and it very well could be. Um, Hemsworth must have a deal with Netflix. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I just don't get the people. Like, don't you give a fuck about your letterbox ratings? Yeah, I know. Like, I know. Same. I'd never review anything without seeing it because no. I'd be like, I, I don't want to fuck with I don't my rating on, system. Yeah, I don't want it on my numbers. Yeah. Um. Fucking anarchist, man. Because yeah. <laughs> did you ever watch Extraction? Still have not seen it. I guess it's fine. I wa- I watched a good chunk of it. I yeah. watched like. I watched over an hour of it and never. I just never went back. Actually, you know, I might have seen it. <laughs> that would be hilarious if you did. I very well might have, but if and I did, don't it, remember it. It just didn't make much of an impression on me. I do remember the scene that they were very excited about. The he he bursts into a he breaches a, a room and kicks the shit out of like twenty guys. That scene is awesome, and I think yes, I gave it a three. <laughs> and I so think like, I, right I after saw it. that. Uh, I bowed out and I, I didn't finish it. Oh, I watched it. Don't remember much. Don't. What year was that? 2019? 2020. Holy fuck. Obviously, don't remember fuck all about it. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, David Harbour was in it. That's right. I don't know if you would have gotten to that part yet. Was he the? Was he like his handler or something? For a, an, old an old friend. He and the kid. Yeah, I but I mean, the like, last thing I remember is he and the kid had just escaped from somewhere. But I guess that's the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, it's called Extraction. That's fucking funny. I totally forgot <laughs> I had watched. It. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I can usually at least tell you if I've seen something, even if I couldn't tell you anything about it. <laughs> uh, the spider head, it says, a prisoner in a state-of-the-art penitentiary begins to question the purpose of the emotion-controlling drugs he's testing for a pharmaceutical genius. Prisoner being Miles Teller, pharmaceutical genius being Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. What was the, what, Did it give a date? It was soon, wasn't it? Probably June. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is one thing Netflix doesn't do, is they don't, like, give you a trailer until it's like, oh, hey, it's next month. Yeah. Because why do it early? Because then it might <laughs> take away from the shit they're promoting next week. Right. Um, then, uh, speaking of things I didn't even really know were coming out until very recently that we watched, that everyone is very high on, and I thought it was fine. We watched it last night, family movie, uh, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Colin was upstairs watching it again. Re- the movie? Oh, or the show? Maybe the show, yeah. but that's what he was watching um, upstairs. Do you know anything about the movie? Not a goddamn thing. It is made by the Lonely Island. <laughs> what? Really? Yes. Uh, that was not what I was expecting you to say. Ch- and this is on Disney+. Plus. And uh, Chip and Dale, uh, Chip is John Mulaney, and um, Andy Samberg is Dale. Okay, I am, I'm interested. You, you've piqued me. Uh, everything, the show, they are, uh, they, they are playing themselves, but they are actors that did this show 30 years ago, the actual Chippendales show. It's, it is, okay, I gave it a three, Mm -hmm. which you would think that this would be like a four, as far as like rating it on the family movie scale, this Mm -hmm. would be an easy four going in for me. Um, it's basically just who framed Roger Rabbit. Ah. Which is fine. Which will come up again later. Today's conversation. Excellent. Uh, I don't know. I guess I, I. I don't know. I guess I wanted more. It was pretty good. the The premise was that uh, they had a falling out after Chippendales Rescue Rangers got uh, canceled and haven't seen each other much in the last whatever twenty five years. Dale is uh, he's had the the full three D CGI. Uh, Plastic surgery, so he looks like he looks like a you know a current. That's awesome. Whatever that it's fucking plastic surgery. <laughs> but John Mulaney still is two D, and then they that's the whole movie goes that way. They're it's it's actually that's terrible. actually it sounds very clever. It, it looks terrific. Yeah. Um, it was fine. I I mean I could have given it a three and a half, but then I thought was it better than Sonic Two? No. <laughs> Which look, Sonic Two is fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know why you would ever watch it, because I can't, I can't picture you sitting down to watch it. It sounds super clever, but yeah, I will likely not, not ever be like, unless I have to babysit I'm, or some shit. I'm going to devote an hour and 48 minutes of my life to Maybe this. next year on a fun day at school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, that's what we'll that's do, and most of the kids will be it. like, what the fuck is this even happening? What is, <laughs> what is going what on? What is going on? Yeah, that, that would be the time you'd watch something yeah. like that. Uh... I will recommend it next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go on to Romancing the Stone. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it right now. 
This is one of the most important films of the 80s. Okay. Um, not just because it's a favorite of ours mm-hmm. that we watched fucking endless amounts of times right. on HBO because it was always playing. Right. Uh, so much to the point we talked about before where like we went to the theater to see the sequel, which had com- came out the next year, which again... Nine months later. But the more I started to think about this, because I'm like, oh, you know this... 84, you know, kind of cool. Was this like the first thing I remember? I'm like, this must this is the first thing I remember Michael Douglas in. Yeah, probably. And there's a reason why. He hadn't done much. Really? He had a very brief peak in the late 70s when he did um, China Syndrome and Coma. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring him up. So I, cause he, and this is the, he also produced this film. Yes, I did notice that. Um, which... He, he, he made his name, I mean, he made his name because he's Kirk Douglas' <laughs> fucking say, kid. He made his name because his father's Spartacus. But, like, he made his big, he had his big break uh, producing One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he Did also... Did know that. Yep. Then he also produced China Syndrome and another one called The Running. And uh, didn't produce again until... Uh, China Syndrome and Running were in 79. Didn't produce again until 84 when he produced Romancing the Stone. Same here, he also produced um, Starman, John Carpenter's film. Now, after this in Jewel of the Nile, he pretty much didn't, he never produced again, he never produced anything he starred in ever again. Interesting. Um, very. Oh, he might have had small parts, but nothing like, oh, I, I take it back, he executive produced Ghost in the Darkness. Which not is, Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's not producing his own movies for the longest fucking time. Um, yeah, until, until like the show, the Kaminsky method. So like once every 10 years, he'd produce something. Um, but he produced this and I feel again, this is a lot of this is speculation. I feel like he produced this to give himself a starring movie again. Yeah. Because I'm going to go back in, into his category here. Um, he was in coma. Actually, he was in a TV show for years, the streets of San Francisco. Right. Um, but, like, he, he wasn't in movies until Coma in 78, China Syndrome in 79, Running in 79, and then It's My Turn in 1980, The Star Chamber in 1983. So he went three years without starring in a movie. And then Romancing the Stone. After Romancing the Stone, he's in Jewel of the Nile, A Chorus Line, Fatal Attraction, and Wall Street within two years. So he went from not doing anything in, like, 83 to being Oscar-nominated and Oscar-winning for Gordon Gecko. After this, fucking Michael Douglas is everywhere. Like, he was in, like, every movie, it seems like, in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Uh, Black Rain, War of the Roses, which we'll come back again to. Um, Shining Through, Basic Instinct, Falling Down, Disclosure, American President, Ghost in the Darkness, The Game, Perfect Murder, Wonder Boys, Traffic, like... He was a an A list star who could pretty much do whatever he wanted for I like films. I do too. I really like the game, um, but he was pretty much like the poster child for like sexually repressed man who gets himself into trouble with his dick in the nineties. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, he went from early eighties not being in anything to Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone hits hits big, like it was a it was a popular film that did very well. Um, trying to see what how much money it made. Stand by for one second. We're gonna interject. Robin sent me the uh, 
an article, the theme for the Sea Dogs this year. Yeah. Is August 13th, and it's the Bean Suppas. Oh, I'll have to get that hat. <laughs> um, yeah, on, on a $10 million budget, it ended up grossing like $76 million, which in the 80s, that's a big fucking deal. Which one are we talking? Romancing the Stone. Um, it was also nom- Oscar nominated for Best Film Editing. Um, it this w- is Zemeckis' first like blockbuster, right? This, I mean, he's done this is stuff. Zemeckis. No, not really. He had done two other films at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought him up because he's who I was going to next. Well, I figured that's how we were going to get to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Correct. Um, Zemeckis had only directed at this point two films. Um... I Want to Hold Your Hand in 1978, which is a film about the Beatles. And um, a very underrated co- uh, film from 1980, Used Cars, mm-hmm. which um, was Kurt Russell's, when I had Kurt Russell's like first like kind of bigger roles. Yeah. Um, and then, again, Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone's a hit, gives him some clout. The very next films he directs. Big time. Back to the Future. Uh, an episode of Amazing Stories, Spielberg show, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future 2 and 3, uh, Death Becomes Her, and then Forrest Gump. Yeah. So, and, and, and Zemeckis is huge now. Right. Um, but this was like his first chance at a blockbuster film, and he nailed it. So, you know, without this, if this bombs... Do we get? Does he get the job doing Back to the Future? Probably not. Probably not. Um, so that's a big thing, you know, because Back to the Future is a beloved fucking film. Same with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Without Who Framed Roger Rabbit, do we get a lot of the types of animated hybrids that we get in the nineties, or does anime? Because this is when Disney was fucking dead. Do we get Chippendales Rescue Rangers? Probably not, you know, without Who Framed Roger Rabbit. See, now, the, the uh, again, I, I guess part of my, this is, this is all kind of tied together with, your, with the Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was also one of the first things where you saw, oh, there's that thing from that thing, there's that thing from that thing. It, it was the first, like, crossover universe film. Which is... <laughs> before Marvel. Which is... Uh, been done a billion times since uh even just recently you've got wreck it ralph you've got mm-hmm. uh, free guy you've got yeah. the lego movies it's expected now of like a blockbuster yeah. film with licensed properties yeah. well how well are you going to cross over with other shit the interesting thing about chippendale though was that it wasn't just disney stuff really one of the main because briefly dale is also on the he's trying to dale andy samberg uh, is still trying to be famous, mm-hmm. whereas Chip has, is now selling insurance. <laughs> so Dale is on the uh, on the uh, like Comic Con circuit. Awesome. And the person that he's across booths with is the original Sonic from the original trailer last year, Ugly Sonic, with the human teeth. <laughs> And every time he starts so talking... So it sounds like he's reca- he's been, he was recast, yes. essentially. That's funny. So Ugly Sonic is on the... Co- is, on the <laughs> is, uh, is across the, the booth from, from Dale. That's kind of fucking genius. And every time really he starts is. talking, Dale just kind of zones off and it zooms in on his teeth. <laughs> and then it kind of comes back out. And he's like, oh. 
it's pretty. I mean, there's a bunch of that in it, uh, and there are a bunch of uh, what made that what made it fresh is it wasn't just hey, there's the Little Mermaid, there's fucking Mickey Mouse, there's mm-hmm. you know Elsa or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it does. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit was the first, right? Nothing. I mean, not just the the animated yeah. crossover, but like with with you're getting from you're the, getting Disney. You're, yeah, you're getting Warner Brothers characters yeah. with. Yeah, everything else. Oh yeah, Space Jam. I should have thrown that in there. A movie that we have both famously never seen. Yeah, but was still nor, popular. Nor the sequel. Um, so you get that because yeah. of this. Um, you get Zemeckis in his career. Um, the other person who like really gets a jolt from this is Kathleen Turner. Mm-hmm. This is really only her like second movie. Um, first one being. Um, first, uh, first one being Body Heat. Yeah. But and then and then oh sorry she was also in the man with two brains, but then this how how's this for a streak? Romancing the Stone she does a couple other films like in between but this is year by year by year. Pritzi's Honor, mm-hmm. Jewel of the Nile, Peggy Sue got married. Uh, she is the voice of Jessica Rabbit. Right. Um, and then like War of the Roses, Via Warchowski. Uh, she she becomes a go-to name female actress. Uh, she gets not nominated for an Academy Award for Peggy Sue Got Married. And I think I was looking earlier, in a 10-year span, she got five Golden Globe nominations. Oh, wow. Which, including three consecutive years. So, yeah, from, like, Body Heat through, I think it was War of the Roses, maybe. Or what was 92? Oh, and Serial Mom with John Waters in 94. Um, she had only done really body heat. This was the first role that gave her like the chance to do some comedy, right? And some and some drama as well. So she she yeah, gets the nomination next year. She starts becoming a, a big name person. She again Zemeckis calls her back for the voice of Jessica Rabbit, which is a huge right career thing because Jessica Rabbit is an iconic cartoon character now. On account um, of the boobs, that's that's on that's account of the boobs and you know the crotch boobs. shot that exists in the original theatrical print. Um, but this makes her career yeah. being in *Romancing the Stone*. I think she doesn't have. I don't think she gets the career she does without being in this. Um, but someone who already had a career but was shifting what he does in his career is Danny DeVito. Shifting from Taxi. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> So the same year that he's in *Romancing the Stone*, he gets his cha- a chance to do his directorial debut for *Showtime*. It's Showtime's first original film, which again, Showtime does original. He looks show- like a baby in this movie, by yeah. the way, because I'm so used to Frank Reynolds now. Yeah, he does a film called *The Ratings Game* the same year, and that's his directorial debut, which he then follows up with *Throw Mama from the Train*, which is a hit. But then he gets his big hit. Not a good movie. Not a good movie. But a hit. But then he gets his first big hit and good movie with War of the Roses, which reunites him with Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas. Right. Shortly after this film, <laughs> shortly, <laughs> he start he opened he starts his own production company, Jersey Films. On, from what I've read, on the encouragement of Michael Douglas, because ah. he wanted to get Hoffa made and no one would make it. Right. So Michael Douglas was like, "Be a producer then." Get it made. Um, and without Jersey Films, we don't get fucking Pulp Fiction. We don't get fucking any of like the Elmore Leonard films. Um, Jersey Films has produ- 
I mean, just let me go back to him here. Yeah, but without without romancing the stone, he, we don't get that Michael Douglas connection that he has. Right. So, okay, oh, Danny DeVito, producer, shit. He has produced uh, the Re- Reno 911 show as well. Um, uh, he's also a producer on It's Always Sunny. Yes. Um, he, and he's responsible for that show pretty much getting saved. Because he doesn't join that show until season two. Right. And th- all of a sudden, then all eyes are on it. Well, yeah, they, they, they've said in many interviews, like, the, the network said, you guys need a recognizable face, you're done. Yeah. And they're like, shit. But they got Danny DeVito. Because they didn't want to, and they're like, well, what about Danny DeVito? And I'm like, you serious? Can you get Danny DeVito? <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he's produced, like, you know, Aaron Brockovich, Man on the Moon, uh, Out of Sight, Gattaca he's a producer on, Matilda, very underrated film. Uh, get Shorty, Pulp Fiction, Reality Bites. So Danny DeVito, we don't get our Gen X fucking. So Danny DeVito's rich, rich. Oh yeah, he's not just like Hollywood actor rich. He's rich, rich. Oh, most likely, yeah. Good for him. Um, which and he spends ninety percent of his time that you see him now. He looks like a bum. On, oh yeah. On always, fun, always sunny. So we've got Robert Zemeckis. We've got you know Danny DeVito. Then. Um, the score is not very memorable for Romancing the Stone. It's very TV-ish. Yeah. However, it's one of, I think it's the third, I'm going to all cast and crew here. Hold on, just let me go to his career. Again, riveting television. I meant to write this all up, but again, I really just thought about this this morning. <laughs> um, he had previously done for movies The Doberman Gang, Chips, uh, Mac and Chip, Me, as in Chips, the, the TV, TV show, show, Mac and Me, Famously one of the worst movies of all time. Um, Mac and Me is a horrible E.T. ripoff, basically. Um, Starsky and Hutch TV show, T.J. Hooker, Manimal. Manimal. Um, but this was like his first big chance at a movie. Composer Alan Silvestri, who we talked about last week as the composer of Avengers Endgame. We did. Yeah. He's uh, the composer of the Back to the Future films. Um, he, this was his first, he, he's basically done every Zemeckis film since. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, he got into the Marvel universe, I think with the first Captain America film, but we don't have the Avengers theme pretty much without him. Interesting. Yeah. And this was the first big blockbuster film he got to work on and it continued because of his close friendship with Zemeckis and working on all of Zemeckis' films. So we don't get, yeah, we don't get the music of the Marvel Universe because he did Captain America, the first Avenger, the Avengers. We don't get the sound of the Marvel movies without him. All because of Romancing the Stone. Um, The last little thing, which is, I'm sorry, I'm ending this on a downer. Um, The screenwriter of Romancing the Stone. uh, Jesus, let me get back to her. Got eaten by a snapper. Buy one of those snappers. <laughs> a little worse. What? <laughs> a little worse. Uh, it was written by Diane Thomas, whose last credit... Uh, she wrote two films, Romancing the Stone and Jewel of the Nile. She died shortly after writing The Jewel of the Nile because she was in a car accident uh, with her boyfriend who was driving uh, her Porsche drunkenly. Great. The Porsche was a gift from Michael Douglas... 
for Romancing the Stone doing so well. Great. <laughs> so, who knows? I mean, female screenwriters were not big in the 80s. We did not get a lot of them, especially in big, successful films. She never got a chance to write not anymore. When, not when they let their stupid boyfriends drive their super fast cars. But without Romancing the Stone being successful, she doesn't get that Porsche from Michael Douglas. Right. So who knows what she could have gone on to done to have done. So as I said it before, Romancing the Stone might be one of the most important films of the 1980s without us really knowing it. And Christ, now I really want to research the fuck out of this. Like this is the type of thing that needs like an oral well, history now. Well, because you could uh, it branches off in so many directions. You could Yeah. You want miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one that when you think back to 80s blockbusters, that's the one that's always, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Like, people always, th- you always think of... Like the E-E-E-T, yeah. Back to the Future. Any of the Star Wars ones, yeah. any of the Indiana Jones ones, if you're the Goonies, stuff like that, any Spielberg, any other Spielberg stuff at the time. Yeah. But, like, then it's like, oh, oh, yeah, Romance in the Stone was... Because... And everybody's seen it, yeah. and everybody's everybody likes it. I've never met a person who did not like *Romancing the Stone*. Well, I was worried because specifically because of *Goonies*. I not the same exact movie, but similar themes, mm-hmm. uh, similar. I mean, obviously *Goonies* is kids, and *Romancing the Stone* is adult uh, or grown up. But still, they're treasure hunting. Yeah, yeah. So and, it's like the th- and and Michael Douglas is trying to harness his fucking Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, definitely. You know. uh, and there's also. For the first time that I remember, like almost like a, it's meta contextual, because she's a romance writer, right? And this is playing out very much like a romance novel. This is like adaptation pre adaptation, well, just without it, the headiness. I mean, if you want to go even further to a movie that you just watched, does the Lost City exist? No, without romance. no, because it's that this, basically this, romancing the stone. Very much, uh, very much. A movie that you and Andrea just watched recently, right? yeah, um, and enjoyed. My worry going into *Romancing the Stone* was, uh, I said it, I, you know, I kind of not compared it, but around the same time as *The Goonies*, kind of had the same feeling, same vibe, and same nostalgia toward. Mm-hmm. And I spoke uh, a couple months ago about I because uh, *The Goonies*, we we got it 4K. That uh, was what mm-hmm. it was a Black Friday thing. You bought, you took the disc, I took the digital. Uh, I couldn't even get through it. Like it does not hold up because the the dialogue and the. Feldman is just too much. <laughs> it's it's hard to watch. So I was worried going into Romancing the Stone that it would be the same uh, or that it wouldn't hold up, but it fucking 100% does. Yeah. The only thing, and we talked about this before we started, the only, disa- I don't even call it a disappointment, it is not nearly as grand as I remember it mm-hmm. being. It's a pretty short, I mean, they are, they are chomped through the, the mm-hmm. jungle and stuff, but like, there's not a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual treasure hunt is like two minutes. <laughs> like they're like, oh look, there's this thing. Hey, look, we found it. Yeah. I, I guess I remember it being more of a, you know, a, a Indiana Jones like go to this place to get this thing and go to this place. Oh to no, get this most thing. times it's just them wandering through essentially yeah. a sewer system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's good. It's uh, it's. And, enjoyed it. And it's this was PG. Yeah. Like straight PG, like it would not be today. Probably not. No. But it's still nothing that I I would have I'd be uncomfortable showing like a 12-year-old. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, oh, you get a girl at the very in the very beginning with like a wet white sh- button up shirt where you see the nips. Um, That's not happening in a PG thirteen movie today, Dan. Probably not. Uh, um, the language isn't awful. No. Um, you know, there's some situations. It's it's bloodless except for the hand being bit off, but that's like comedic in a way. Yeah, and it's like and it's 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 Hook, it's fucking Captain Hook. Yeah, you know? yes. uh, it's a fun, it's a fun movie. Oh man, does Hook get made without an interest again of <laughs> fucking hands one getting hand, bitten off by alligators? Uh, probably, probably. Um, that's another one that I don't think. I don't think I've ever seen Hook. I've seen Hook. Don't remember a goddamn thing about because I remember even thinking back then it's this is not a very good movie. I don't. And it's I've never. seen I mean, it. you when you mention like what are Spielberg's worst films? Yeah, that's always like one of the first three films names. Yeah, but there's a certain segment of a certain age of person that fucking adores that movie, and they're about not seven us. or eight years younger than us. Yeah, <laughs> whoever it is. Uh, yeah, I've. I've I'll wait for the reevaluation videos popping yeah. up all over the place on an anniversary, and then I'll watch it again. Yeah, and I've always wanted to do a Spielberg rewatch as well. But I'm going to get to uh, the ones I've got that I've watched already this year, and the ones that are on my list to rewatch. I'll get to 14 this year. Mm. Spielberg's. Um, I actually just made a list last night for after I bought those. Uh, the two Tom Cruise ones for stuff that we could watch uh, with the family and Jaws, oh, Jurassic yeah. Park, War of the Worlds, My Order Report, E.T. And then, <laughs> God damn it, I'll watch Brooklyn. This <laughs> oh, yeah, I put Brooklyn. <laughs> sure. Uh, that was kind of half joke and then half. Rob and I do want to watch it. We just, I just want to keep it in the forefront of our mind. Uh, I should just start putting Brooklyn on every single list, no matter what it is, and just vow never to watch it. Uh, that would be great. Uh, I rewatched Crystal Skull a couple years ago. It's still it's bad. It's not good. It's still bad. It's not. I have seen it one time, and I just remember. Being I'll, I'll be very interested shocked. for when that fifth one comes out. I don't have high hopes. Well, I mean, it's got Mads Mikkelsen in it. It's got fucking the Phoebe uh, Bridget, Waller Bridges, yeah, who I really like. I didn't know that. Yeah, she she was one of the. I think they brought her on to write some of it too, okay. to to give it a bit more of a female perspective. Yeah. Um. Who is the right? Because it's not Spielberg or anything. On the new one, I don't think so. I don't know. But I know Mads is like telling people how. Oh man. I, I was listening to an episode of Junk Food Cinema the other day, and uh, see Robert Cargill, one of the hosts of that, is w- the one of the writers from the first Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. and he gave just a great story about how, like, when they were in like a certain part of London filming, like the church scene, they were all holed up in a hotel, and like him and his wife went to dinner one day, and Mads ended up was sitting next to them, at the table next to them, yeah, and Mads was like, "This is dumb. Let's just eat at the same table," and like they ended up having like one of the greatest like dinners. Apparently, just Mads Mikkelsen is the greatest human being on the planet. Yeah. Like, just so incredibly friendly. I get that friendly. impression. Um, yeah. Of course, it doesn't have it by the written, the newest title. So I'm just going to have to go to Harrison Ford. Filmography. Actor. Upcoming projects. Indiana Jones 5 is also listed as... Oh, that's right. James Mangold is directing it. Uh, so I actually have okay. hope. Okay. 
Um, actually, no. Phoebe Bridger isn't credited. Script is credited to a Jez Butterworth. Okay. That's a fucking That's, name. That sounds made up. Oh, but he directed Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, he screenplayed uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Ford vs. Ferrari. I like that movie. Not Ford vs. Ferrari. Never Edge of Tomorrow is getting a 4K release coming right up, and it looks awesome. Good. That's one I think would look really good. Jez Butterworth. That's a that's a biannual rewatch. I watch that about every two years. Is that what it would be? Biannual? Toby Jones, Antonio Banderas. Lining up some villains there. Yeah, they are. Oh, there's someone I don't know credited as an SS officer, so we're back to nothing. We got the Nazis again. Good. good. Um, yeah, plot is unknown. I'm excited for it. I, I don't. It can't be any worse. Uh, I disagree. It could be. I don't know. Look at who's. Go back to when Crystal Crystal Skull came out. I know we make fun of Shia LaBeouf now. Mm-hmm. You got him. You've got Kate Blanchett. You've, you've still got John Hurt. Else. You've got a fucking cast. That is true. He still sucks. Yes, it does. It's <laughs> fucking space aliens. Dan is a fucking UFO <laughs> in an Indiana Jones movie that actually comes out of the ground and flies off. Mm-hmm. That happens. Yep. In an Indiana Jones movie. I'm okay with Indiana Jones being having an aliens. Just not that way. Not that way. It can't not be. like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, what else we got? I went to Doctor Strange. Ah, uh, how how did you? It, it's it's one of those where most people are coming out like it's fine. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like there's some some Sam Raimi isms to oh, it. Oh, it is most hundred percent definitely uh, directed by Sam Raimi. Yeah. That is that's the first thing I said to Robin when I came home. It meant nothing to her. She didn't give a fuck. Doesn't know who <laughs> yeah, Sam Raimi she's is. Like, I don't know what these words mean. I said that was she's because I said going in. I said I'll be curious to see how Colin is doing it because uh, someone, I've heard it is scary. There's some someone scary famous shit. for making like some of the most beloved horror movies of yep. all time is the guy that directed it, but it's also the guy that directed Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be an interesting. I'll be interested to see how Colin is. It is there's it's, again it's very much directed by Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. but none of it felt threatening. So I. I never felt I never felt the need to look over. It's to not like how. he went and killed half the Marvel Universe characters. Right. Uh, it was never. It was never dreadful. It still mm-hmm. had that kind of. Well, the first Evil Dead's pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. The it kind of had that. Even the stuff that was uh, that was a little scary was just done in a way that like Army of Darknessy. Maybe not quite that far, but yeah, yeah, the the more kind of the scare stuff in Army of Darkness, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, of course, a... Uh, uh, Fantastic Four cameo. Uh, I'm not saying anything like... I'm not giving spoilers. Uh, I, it, it, <laughs> it's already been blown for me. You okay, know? then yes. Um, but, no, I was going to say there is a... I just want to call him Ash... Uh, Bruce Campbell. Ash. Yeah, there is a Bruce Campbell uh, cameo. In I, I did read a good thing from him this week. He will only cameo in Sam Ra- Raimi films if he, as he put it, I get to fuck with the lead. He does. Because he's he, he thwarts Spider-Man in all three Spider-Man films. Yeah. All that Raimi. I, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember him. Oh, yeah. No, that was two where he was the movie usher or the theater usher in two. Well, in one of them, he's a maitre d'. That's right. He's, he's the maitre d', I think, in three. 
because he that's when he has the because he's got the ring and she never shows up. Yeah. Um, or she shows up and leaves. I don't remember. I don't remember Spider Man three. But anyway, yeah, he's in it. Um, uh, it's. It was good. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I don't really have it, a bad thing. It to It is say about not that. having a good second week. It has dropped like seventy percent. There were four other people in the theater. We were at a four thirty Friday, mm. which is yeah. I mean, I we went to that time because it was the least likely to be crowded, but still, it was a Friday yeah. afternoon after school. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I think there were six other people. Ugh. Yeah. It was. I don't know. It was fine. Yeah. I was. It was good to see, because um, I feel like, because uh, Scarlet Witch is a villain first, and like kind of always has been, and then yeah. she has her kind of good sides. In the MCU, she was a villain for like twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and then she, we've just known good Wanda. Yeah. And like I've been saying, we've been saying for years, I want to see the Scarlet Witch. We want to see her. I want to see her fuck shit up. I want to see her be evil, and we get that. Yeah. Uh, she is the villain. Mm-hmm. Um. It's good. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to even want to talk about it if you haven't seen yeah. it yet. And like, I, I will I hopefully say, see. I will hopefully see it this week. But again, I can't say anything bad about it. It's yeah, it's good, and it is most definitely directed by Sam Raimi. Yeah. Um, so I know that is playing all week in Dover, and then I think next week it's still going to be playing there, but with Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Which I'm expecting Top Gun Maverick to do very very well. I am too. Um, it's just like one of those movies that like our dads are looking forward to see type of thing. I, I'm I'm not that interested to see it, but what I'm interested in is how good everyone says it is that yeah. has seen it. Because um, if you look back, it's Old Man Maverick. That's one I've never. That obviously I haven't rewatched Top Gun in. Days. I know I bought like the 4K Steelbook, um, like forever it, ago. At, at, I guess it does not hold up. Oh, of course, it uh, barely held like, up then. Right. Like I, I was reading something from someone the other day and said, if you and I know this is a ridiculous thing to say, but but really. If you take out the parts and the jets and you just paid attention to everything else mm-hmm. when they're actually when the characters are actually speaking, that movie is terrible. Oh, I'm sure. Like just yeah. brutal to sit through. Mm-hmm. Um and I can see that. Yeah. So I'm like not excited for it, but And even if you remember the jet sequences weren't that exciting. They really were I mean, technology at the time and the way it, there's not a lot. The big cool it's thing like, oh, about you that see, was that you they see. actually had Navy jets. Yeah. Uh, and that was pretty rare. All those stuff about, like, the MiGs. Now Tom Cruise stuff, can those, actually fly them, so. Those MiGs don't even exist, and that's not what those things were. You know, like, <laughs> they, they made all that shit up in the 80s. We, yeah. we all thought we knew all these, like, the, yeah. what the Russians were flying. That's not what they were flying. <laughs> there's no fucking such thing. Yep. Uh, that was made up for Hollywood purposes. But, um, yeah, that comes but up. Still, people week. still join the Navy because of it. Oh, yes. Uh, it's... Something else said that they that that still to this day uh, influences Navy, especially oh, sure. especially pilots uh, recruiting. It's it's amazing, mm-hmm. and that movie is thirty something years old. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll see an uptick again this year, probably, <laughs> in people joining the Navy. Anything else? Uh, no. Like I said, it's a very short movie for me. Short week for movies. Yeah. So. I didn't well, good short episode. Uh, that's good because I got to go to the bathroom, and I just uploaded a two two hour one, so an hour yeah. and twenty one minute one we're might be fine. a nice rest, but, uh Next, do we have anything that we're both watching this week? 
Um, I do not know. I mean, I'm definitely going to be watching Jewel of the Nile at some point. Maybe tonight. Just to see how, if that... To see if it's, as ba- it if it's as bad as I remember. Let me know how it is, because I don't, I don't want to watch it if it's... Yeah. If I'm going to... Because I like where I'm at Jewel of the Nile-wise right now. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. We'll be back here next week, maybe. If we're not, it'll be the week after that. We good? Oh, we are good. <laughs>